Hello and welcome back. This is the Voice of Jesus Ministries. My name is Rick, and I'm so glad that you've returned to the study. Uh, and if you're new, thank you for clicking on uh, this video because I know you're going to get something out of this. You just have to stick it out. I mean, you're going to really get something good. So before we get started, here's how you can contact us, the promise from Jesus at gmail.com. That's for you. For any kind of thoughts, questions, or concerns, just shoot it out to us. Also, you can leave a comment on YouTube. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a thumbs up if you like uh, the videos uh, because that uh, I'm not sure what it does. If you know, send me a message about it and tell me. So last time we were together, we were in chapter 13. We had just gotten started. And we were going through the part where Jesus had uh, taken up a basin of water and was washing the disciples' feet. And we were talking about how powerful that was. And that there's so much to this. And uh, I had gotten an email uh, asking a question um, about the uh, foot washing. And uh, why, the question was, why the feet? Why not the hands? Why not uh, the head? Why not? You know, the elbows. I mean, why, of all places, the feet? Well, you know, the, during the time uh, that Jesus had visited the planet Earth and in uh, uh, Jerusalem, um, that was something that was practiced. You know, I mean, uh, foot washing was, was part of everyday life there. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, most people didn't have the type of footwear that we have today where, uh, you know, our feet are very tender and very clean and very uh, soft. You know, back during that time, uh, people wore sandals and some people wore nothing. And their feet were very uh, tough and very callousy and, and in uh, most cases pretty dirty just from walking. And uh, so that is uh, probably the simplest explanation is why the feet. Uh, but there's even more to it. I mean, let me throw something else out about it. Why the feet? Well, you know, uh, the first thing to touch planet Earth uh, at any given moment uh, of you is what? Your feet. That's right. You're walking on this ball. No matter where you go, uh, you are in direct contact with planet Earth with your feet at all times unless you're down on your all fours or you're kneeling or you're standing on your hands or you're doing a cartwheel but the bottom line is that you know your feet are in direct contact with planet earth and so maybe from a spiritual perspective or a metaphorical perspective okay um, you know Jesus talked a lot with metaphors he talked a lot with parables so maybe there was something to do with that, that, you know, your feet are always in direct contact with the earth. And then uh, maybe it's because of that. I don't know, but, you know, there might be some relationship to that in terms of, you know, you're always touching the earth with your feet. I don't know. And that's where the cleansing needs to start. The cleansing needs to start with your feet because they carry you to every place and any place. Your feet, we take them for granted. We do. 
but they carry you wherever you want to go. They take you wherever you want to go. And some of you, you know that uh, your feet are carrying you places you shouldn't go. Your feet are carrying you into places you shouldn't go into. And your feet are carrying you into all kinds of activities that you shouldn't be involved in. Just a metaphorical thought, you know. I mean, let's start the cleansing with our feet so that we learn how to be steadfast and not being carried around by these things in the world. Because, you know, the world, if you're in direct contact with the world... It has a way of getting on you and getting all over you. So I don't want to go crazy with that. There's just a possibility from a metaphorical perspective. So, um, you know, why not start at the bottom and work your way up? Because as, it, as Jesus said, you know, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water that will just rise you up to eternal life. So, you know, I mean, that cleansing starting from the very bottom and working its way up carrying you right into heaven to the throne of our father where those waters of life are flowing from him and the lamb remember so we finished up last time where jesus said in verse 15 chapter 13 and verse 15 he said for i entrust to you an example that as i do so also you do okay and that was what he had done where he had washed the disciples feet telling them that it was much bigger than just having your feet washed that it was also showing humility a humbleness an example of being a servant, kneeling down before your brother and you and, and your sisters, yeah, ladies. A much bigger example. And then not only that, but you know, the the washing of a foot from a metaphorical perspective, you know, you, you have this opportunity to where you can you can just, you know, really be washing with the waters of life at that moment. A life-changing experience for some people. But the, at the end of the day, remember what Jesus said to Peter? He said, you don't need to be bathed. Because these living waters, this, this washing that I, Jesus, will give to you, will make you completely free and innocent completely free and innocent that's what happens when jesus comes into your life powerful and he, he jesus allows that to happen to us because you remember with that you know uh, i shared a verse with you the last time it came from second timothy chapter one and verse nine and in that verse it says you have a holy calling and that that holy calling is purposed and it's full of our Father's grace into you. And that that calling was before the earth began, remember? I hope you did some research on that. You drilled down and really got something very, very needful out of that. Let's continue today in verse 16. Jesus says, 
so let it be said to you, A servant is not greater than his Lord, neither the one, capital O, sent forth greater than he who sent him. You know, can you imagine Jesus saying that? He says that a servant is not greater than his Lord, neither the one sent forth, the one that came forth from Father. Neither is he greater than Father who sent him, Jesus. Jesus is taking, you know, second position because he has come forth from Father. He is Father. I know it's a complicated concept, but don't get over, I mean, just don't get all caught up in it. But while Jesus was here in an earthen vessel, and this is what he was talking about. You know, I mean, the Holy Spirit that indwelled that Holy Spirit, that earthen vessel, yes, was, was Father. But that earthen vessel, the one that, that we look at, that, that we call Jesus, right there, that's it. It is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, verse 17, if you know these things, you are blessed when you do them. The only way you can know them is by the Holy Spirit just exploding them in your life. And then you are blessed, just as Jesus said, when you do them. Verse 18, Moreover, the writing will be fulfilled. The one eating bread with me will rise up his heel against me. I am not speaking about all of you, because I know whom I have chosen. I mean, there it is. It says the adversary was put into him. He was chosen. He had purpose. It was a holy calling in his life to do what he was doing because he couldn't do it on his own. Verse 19, be on guard now. This is what Jesus says to his disciples. Be on guard now. I am telling you before it comes to pass that when it comes to pass, you believe. Truly, so let it be said to you, they will seize me and anyone who receives me. When they take seizure, permit me to go. It was part of a plan. And so Jesus, he warns them. He says, look, now be on guard. I don't want you rising up against these people that come. Let them take me. And we know who rose up against them, right? Our friend Peter, boy, he was just gallivant, wasn't he? I mean, he just was right there, right at the head of it every time. But Jesus said, when they come, he says, just let them take me. This has to happen. This is important. Jesus testified these things in verse 21. And then he spoke to the troubled spirit, saying, the troubled spirit being the one whom 
the adversary was put into. See, his spirit is troubled. He's in darkness. Truly, so let it be said to you, for one of you will hand me over. Then the disciples looked at each other at a loss with what he was saying. And Jesus and one of his disciples, the one who loved Jesus, were seated in close communion. Do you know who that was? That was John. I'm going to read that again. Verse 22, okay? This is right after Jesus said in verse 21, Truly, so let it be said to you, for one of you will hand me over. Now remember, you know, Judah had already left. He had already been, you know, he just couldn't be a part of this. And Jesus says, truly, one of you will hand me over. And then he says, then the disciples looked at each other at a loss about what he was saying. Jesus and one of his disciples, the one who loved Jesus, were seated in close communion. Then Simon Peter nodded to this one. I mean, can you see? Here's Peter. He's always in it. He looks over and he, he looks over to John and he nods at him, you know, kind of like, hey, what what's going on? You know, come over and tell us, you know. I mean, Simon Peter nodded to this one, desiring to inquire what was said, who it could be. So he leaned across the chest of Jesus, saying to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus replied, He will be the one whom I dipped a morsel and hand it to. So dipping a morsel, he gave it to Judah of Simon Iscariot. Therefore, after the morsel, the adversary now completely possessed him. Okay? And Jesus commanded him, What you do now, do quickly. So, what, a, what an amazing event, huh? Just understand that the adversary didn't just come along and jump into Judah to go after Jesus. Okay? It didn't happen that way. He was put in to Judah at the hand of Father because it was Father's purpose and His grace, His plan for Jesus, for what would happen on planet Earth. This was the way Father was, was bringing the visit here to an end and bringing Jesus back to be part with Him again. But Jesus said, you know, when I dip this morsel of bread and hand it to this person, that'll be the one. Now, whether they perceived that it was, you will see here in just a second, because they really didn't get it, okay? All they know is that that's what Jesus did. And, and it says that the, the adversary was now completely, completely possessed him. And Jesus commanded it, okay? I want you to, to get a hold of that. Jesus commanded it. That's what it says. You look in your word. Okay, it. That's how he referred to the adversary. He referred to it as an it. He commanded it, little I. Okay. What you do now, do quickly. He released him to go. So 
all power, all authority is in Jesus. Right here is the proof of it. Right here. He commanded it. He put it into him. And then allowed it to be fully active in him when he commanded it to go do now what you're going to do. You see, the adversary has no authority whatsoever. Jesus has complete authority. And that's the end right there. Bam. That is verse 27, by the way. You research it. Okay? So you know that he has no authority. No authority. And that includes over your life. Lock into it, brothers and sisters. Verse 28. Now as to this, no one sitting by noticed what was said to him. There, there's what I was going to say just a second ago. See, they didn't understand. Even though Jesus had said it's the one who I hand the morsel to, they, they didn't understand. Some thought that Jesus told Judah to purchase what was needed before the festival or that he might supply something for the poor because he held the money bag. But receiving the morsel, he immediately departed. He was now in darkness as I had said earlier or in the last video that he was in darkness now he was now in darkness okay so we don't even even know if the spirit of Judah was even present in that earthen vessel at this point because that earthen vessel was given at the adversary to do a job. And and why was was did it happen that way? Well, I, you know, you have to understand something that Judah was a disciple. And even though as it says here, he was a he right here in verse 29, it says because he held the money bag, you know that Judah there's other teaching in here that talks about how questionable some of the things, you know, he was always questioning why why wasn't this oil sold that she's putting all over your feet and, and the money, you know, there's so much there and, and feed the poor and, and, you know, put the rest in the treasury. And it was, you know, and he know that mm, that's just the way he was. And, and not to say that there was anything derogatory about him, but that that was his job, as it were. So when he departed, verse 31, Jesus said, And now the majesty of God alone will be exalted by the Son of Mankind. That's what's going to happen. The majesty of God will be exalted by the Son of Mankind with what's about to happen. Was it him being nailed to a cross? Is that the majesty of God being exalted by the Son of Mankind? Was it him giving testimony all the way to the end as he carried his cross down the Vela Della Rosa, up the hill to Golgotha? Was it what he was doing with his disciples this night, having this last meal with them? <coughs> Pardon me. Jesus said, and now the majesty of God alone will be exalted by the Son of Mankind. And God will immediately glorify his own 
in himself that he be exalted and worshiped together with God. Verse 31 and 32 are intense. Jesus is telling us that what is, what is about to happen is going to exalt and glorify Father. All that, all that will come after this, after this night, is going to glorify and exalt Father. And I believe everything Jesus did up to this point glorified and exalted Father because he always put Father first. And in verse 32, he says, And God will immediately glorify his own in himself. That was Jesus. That he be exalted and worshipped together with God. And, they, and we do. We worship them together. Even though they are one, Jesus was came forth from Father, came here and walked amongst us and shared amongst us and served amongst us. Look at verse 33. This is, is really good. He says, My dear children, yet a little while I am among you. I declare to you now that you search for me, just as I told the Judeans, that were led away and cannot come. Why is it so hard for people to understand that verse? You know, they, they choose to believe that the Judeans are something special. And, and, you know, they are because they did serve. They are part of God. They are part of our family, many of them. But, but, when Jesus came to planet Earth, they rejected him. In fact, not only did they reject them, but their leadership. They plotted and put together a coup to go out and get Jesus and murder him. And the result of that is what Jesus just said right here. I declare to you that you search for me while I am here. Just as I told the Judeans that were led away and cannot come. Verse 33, 1333. Verse 34. For this purpose I entrust a new precept unto you, that you love one another as I love you. Now love one another. That is powerful. Because we know that that is, you know, the great command to us. You know, that we should love our Father with all our heart, mind, and soul. And that we should love our neighbor. And who is our neighbor? You know, it's not first and foremost, it's our brothers and sisters. It's those that are part of the bride. And yes, we are to love other people on this planet. But the bottom line is, we are to love our Father with all our heart, mind, and soul. And then we are to love the church, the gathering. That's our neighbor throughout this entire earth. And yes, we should love people around us as well because there are children of God that are just in bondage and we need to find them and help them out and bring them home.
I don't want that to be complicated. If it is, write me and we'll try to get it worked out, okay? So Jesus said in verse 34, For this purpose I entrust a new precept unto you, that you love one another as I love you, as his own. Remember how, it's, how we started out in 13 and verse 1. Jesus loves and cherishes his own on the earth. Wow, powerful. It's hard to keep this stuff together, but the Holy Spirit can do it for you. Now love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples and you have love among one another. You know, there's not enough teaching done on that about us loving one another as the children of God, as those that have a holy calling on their life before the world began, before the earth began, that we love one another. You know, an easy way to understand that is, you know, many of you have encountered in your lives certain sectarian groups like uh, the Amish or um, um, the Quakers, um, oh, yeah, the like, you know what I'm saying. They're, they're a sectarian group of religious believers that isolate themselves and live in their own communities and they set forth a real strong image that they have a very strong love for one another. And I'm not saying that they don't, but do you understand what I, where I'm going with this? Is that they, they, give, they give an image before the world that they, they love one another in a way that is really powerful. When you think about, you know, when something really traumatic or bad happens within their community, they come together and love one another and take care of one another. And even those that cause the bad, they love them too. And we've seen this, okay? And it is a good example. It is a good example of how we should be as the children of God, one to another, not in an Amish community only or in a Quaker community. Or, you know what I'm saying? We should do that as the body of Christ, the bride of Jesus. We should have that same kind of love one for another, and it should be obvious to everyone around us. And I'm saying this because, you know, it's just not always so, because, you know, uh, people allow their human, their humanity to get in the way, and they find, they want to find differences between one another and, and the things that they believe or the things that that they pray about or the things, the way that they dress or, or the way that they act or whatever, when, it, when none of that, none of that has any meaning, value, or anything. It means nothing. Why? Because these earthen vessels are temporary. They came from dirt. They will go back to dirt. That is all there is to it. But the Spirit that God breathed into you. That 
is what we're talking about here. That goes on to eternity. And I promise you, when it goes, it isn't going to go looking like this. You know, everyone has their own ideas. And if you're a, a, a YouTube watcher, then you've watched plenty of, of near-death experiences to, to convince you that this is the way it's going to be when none of us knows. But what we do know, it's eternal. And there will be no pain, no suffering, no tears, no sorrow. It'll be full of joy and happiness. And there we will be gathered together with our Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And the whole host of those that have gone on before us and that will come after us. The bride, the body, the children of God. And it's going to be a wonderful place. But there, that's not the place to go at and and begin to learn how to love one another. We need to begin to do it here on planet Earth. Now, I'm talking about the children of God. All right, I'm talking about those who know who they are and that we should have a genuine, a sincere, a real, not questionable, okay? You know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of fakesy-wakesies out there and a lot of pretense, all right? You got to get real, people. Get real. Get it real because there ain't no other time than now. And believe me, there's a lot of people watching your life. You know that. And Jesus says this. For this purpose, I entrust. He doesn't say, I give you. You know, some versions of the Bibles might say, I give you a new commandment or I give you a new rule. He says, I entrust a new precept, a new precept. Listen, get this up here, okay? Unto you, that you love one another as I love you. No condemnation, no judging. No questioning. You know, that's one of the hardest things for the child of God today. You know, we get ourselves into a position to where we walk up to somebody and we start talking to them. And we think, in matter of seconds, boom, we understand that person better than they understand themselves. We know more about that person than they know about themselves. You know nothing. 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 For no man knows another man's heart. Only God knows the heart of a man. And that heart is a reference to the inner man, the person that God breathed into this earthen vessel. Don't look at an earthen vessel and judge what's going on inside it, because I promise you, you're going to make a mistake. And some of the biggest mistakes that you'll make in your whole life. So because of time, we're going to stop again right here. And we will continue next time and try to wrap up chapter 13. I truly hope you got something out of this today. Share this with your friends, your family, and foe. Okay? And dig deep into it. If you have any questions, write. Leave a comment. But I, I really hope that you'll come back. Now listen. We're going to finish up chapter 13 the next time we get together. And then we're going to move into 14. And chapter 14, you do not want to miss it. Chapter 14 is huge. Massive teachings in that chapter about what Jesus has for us. 
this is where he talks about the promise in a big way. And you got to come back for it. So we're going to wrap it up. That's it for today. Thank you so much for coming and joining. And if you're new, thank you. Let the Holy Spirit be your teacher. Let the Holy Spirit guide you into all understanding. And let's begin to see loving one another in a different light. Let's do it with the inner man and not the outer man. Let's do it with our heart and not our eyes. Let's do it the way Jesus said, because he said that you love one another as I love you. And his way was completely free and innocent. Jesus loves you. I look forward to seeing you the next time. God bless. Bye-bye.